It's episode 21 of the Balls Up podcast. Tonight we're going to discuss the Champions League round of 16 draw. Burnley, are they a top four contender? We're going to speak about the manager merry-go-round and who's next. Of course, we've got news and shit, followed by Man City. Are they invincible? And wrapped up with the Socceroos job. Who's the next man to lead Australia to the World Cup? It's been uh, a tough few days. 35 degrees plus in Sydney. It's just Harry sweating in his third floor apartment. I haven't had much sleep. Phrase, how are you going in London? Uh, minus two, I heard. Not in London, but Fussen, was it? Enjoying Germany, enjoying Austria and the lovely uh, snow-capped mountains whilst we're sweating over here. I hope you're having fun. Uh, unfortunately, Fedders couldn't make it, but we've still got news and shit. So it's just me, and I'm going to get on with the first thing tonight, the Champions League round of 16 draw. For the first time in a long time, all the English clubs have got through, and there's some interesting... Uh, matchups. Every team except for Chelsea finished first in their group, uh, which means they're best placed uh, in regards to who they're all pitted against. However, Spurs, even though they finished first, have come up against Juventus. Uh, finalists twice in the last probably five years. Uh, haven't won it in a while, but not an easy team to play former Italian champions and I think they've probably got uh, a very tough run in order to to get through to the next round I think Spurs although they've shown great form in the Champions League uh, topping Madrid um, in their group who coincidentally because they finished second are now taking on Neymar's PSG. So Spurs fans would consider so lucky not to be playing PSG with the kind of form they're in. However, I think uh, unless they can get an away goal early in uh, the first leg, which is played in Italy, I can't see them going through on their current form. Even though they did did have patchy form in the Champions League and uh, in the Premier League when they played the Champions League and still did very well, um, I think Juventus uh, will probably be too strong over two legs unless they can uh, pinch an early away goal. Next up, you have City against FC Basel. Uh, I'd have to say they'll they'll go through quite easily. City just being in scintillating form. FC Basel, although they've almost been a bit of a giant killer in the Champions League in the past, I don't think they'll be any match for Man City. Next up, we have Liverpool playing uh, Porto. Again, uh, Porto, whilst did quite well in the, the Champions League group stages, I think Liverpool have too much attacking strength. And we'll go through there over two legs. Chelsea, oh, they, they really shot themselves in the foot uh, in the last match day to finish second in the in their group. 
allowing Roma to, to go through in first place and as a result have been pitted against Barcelona. I mean, there's been some epic Champions League matchups between those two teams, but I think on current form, Barcelona will have to go through. Messi has had a brilliant uh, start to 2007, uh, sorry, second half of 2017. And as a result, Barcelona on top of the um, La Liga in Spain. And I think they'll be too hard to beat. And uh, Conte's men will go out. Lucky last of the English teams is Man United up against uh, the Spaniards, Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla, although they finished second in Liverpool's group and did quite well, I think uh, Man United will probably be too strong. Mourinho, he's uh, a tournament tough man, basically. He'll know how to get uh, past the civilians in in that uh, matchup. Moving on from the Champions League, Burnley currently in sixth place, thirty on thirty two points, one point behind Arsenal in fifth, two points behind Liverpool in fourth, and one in front of Spurs, who are sixth. Can they finish in the top four? That is the question I'm putting uh, out there. For me personally, I didn't expect them to be where they are. And I think the reason they are where they are now because the likes of Spurs, the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal have dropped way too many points that they really shouldn't have throughout this season. Um, Before Christmas... I mean, Spurs dropped points to Burnley, which really, given their earlier form in the year, they really that shouldn't have happened. Um, having said that, they're currently in sixth place. The next five fi- fixtures, I think, will determine whether they could really be a top four threat because in that Christmas period with the congestion, if they can get through those five fixtures with a lot of points, they might find themselves well-placed uh, after Christmas uh, and, and the New Year. They have to play Spurs and Liverpool at home, so it's not an easy task. And then away from home, they've got United, Huddersfield and Palace. Uh, obviously, Palace, since getting Roy Hodgson... They've started to find a lot of form. Huddersfield had a little bit of a a lull after beating Man United 2-1 at home, but they've they've hit winning form again after the weekend's results, banging away four goals. And obviously United, apart from dropping points at Liverpool and City, they've gone on a bit of a run, so to speak, uh, particularly with the return of Paul Pogba. So it's definitely not a, an easy festive period for Burnley, but if they can take points out of that, uh, I think they'll be well-placed to just put a bit of pressure on the likes of Spurs, the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal, who obviously have 
stronger squads, but probably aren't showing the consistency um, that they should be or, or is expected of them. They definitely don't have the attacking prowess of a, a Spurs, a Liverpool or an Arsenal. And they're clearly defens- defensively strong uh, with, only, with only a goal difference of uh, four. And usually their wins are 1-0 wins. Um, but Robbie Brady has probably been one of the, the highlights for Burnley. And he, and he hot out, gives a clear indication of the style of play Burnley. Um, leading the EPL in crosses um, with 8.2 per game and 123 in total. So clearly they try to get that ball in the box, get it wide. Probably a lot of a lot of long balls, considering they have no pass masters, with their leading uh, pass passer of the ball, Stephen DeFore. He's ranked fifty first in the EPL, with only forty one point nine passes per game, and if you look at that to the City midfielders who are at the top, they're, they're getting eighty plus uh, passes per game. Uh, Six best in the EPL for assists through Goodmanson, who hails from Iceland. He has five. Uh, and Chris Wood, their, their leading man, has four goals this season. So, uh, I mean, we've seen it before in the Premier League where teams who are defensively organised but have a style of play that works for them can get points from the big teams. To me... They can't make top four. The best they can get is probably uh, that Europa League spot. But unless they get some big scalps and a lot of points in the in the festive period, I think you'll see them start to drop, as I predicted Watford had have already started to do. And that goes into the manager merry-go-round. Who who's the next manager to go? to get the sack from the EPL. We've already seen Pardew come in. We've already seen big Sam Allardyce come in, as well as Roy Hodgson for the likes of Frank DeBoer um, and the others that were sacked, as, as well as Moisey's come in. So we know it's the EPL. We know they like sacking managers. Who's going to be next? Well, I think there's three who are on... Uh, Santa's wish list for getting Cole. Firstly, uh, I think Paul Clement, uh, Mark Hughes and Rafa Benitez are the ones who are who are in trouble. Firstly, Benitez, uh, I think personally he'd be the next to go. Having dropped into the bottom three and lost eight of his last ten games with a with only one win and one draw in the last ten. However. Owner Mike Ashley wants to sell the club. And for me, paying out a manager like Rafa Benitez wouldn't be cheap and it wouldn't make sense to his bottom bottom line if he wants to sell the club. He obviously thinks he's losing money. It's not for him anymore. He wants to get out. And I'm guessing if you, if you want to get out of that, you probably want to get the most money you can and sacking the manager and having to pay out a, a lot of money uh, is probably not going to help sell the club 
um, in my eyes. So I think that's his saving grace. Uh, Swans coach Paul Clement has the same record at Swansea as Benitez in the last 10. However, the Swans sit bottom of the table as they have for much of the year. And I think their own manager merry-go-round last season is probably what saved Clement. I mean, last season, I think they, they went through three coaches and it clearly didn't help. They only just scraped out of re- relegation. And I think that's they probably want to avoid that this season and they probably want to get a bit of consistency. And I don't think that will happen. Um, but I think they want that consistency and I think he'll get a chance to stay. However, that will only be if they do well over the Christmas um, New Year's period where they play Palace, who have hit form, Liverpool, who have some strikers who are scoring goals for fun, Watford, who have started to drop, Spurs, who have some indifferent form, and Newcastle, who have just dropped into the top three. So that's five fixtures where they have chances to get some points. And whether they do, and how many points, I think will decide uh, Paul Clement's future. And next up for the manager merry-go-round, we have Stoke City's Mark Hughes. For the last 10 games, he's won two, drawn two, and lost six. Most importantly, that includes a 3-0 drubbing this week to the lowly West Ham. And I think that's probably where they're in trouble. They're right at the bottom now. Not quite in the bottom three, but they're hovering right there. And for a club that has spent big in the uh, in the transfer market, or not so much spent big, but they've got some decent players on their roster. And they've been in the Premier League since 2008-2009. So they obviously haven't been that close to this situation recently. And I think they will do what it takes to avoid uh, the relegation zone. So for me, out of Benitez, Paul Clement and Mark Hughes, I think Mark Hughes is at the highest risk of being sacked. So the festive period is when clubs tend to like to do their sacking. And for him to avoid the manager merry-go-round, I think he's going to have to get some some points in this festive season, uh, whether it be at home or away. And if we just look go through uh, the next five, I think we'll we'll get a good indication of whether they can do that. So currently Stoke sit in 17th place. Next up, they've got West Bromhill below them, Huddersfield away, Chelsea away, Newcastle at home, followed by United away. So I would say West Brom, Huddersfield, Newcastle are teams they should pick up points against. And if they got nine out of a possible 15 points, I would say Hughes' job would say be safe. If they don't pick up many points there, he could be the, the next to go in the manager merry-go-round. 
Alright, although Fetty couldn't be here tonight to give us news and shit, he's done one via satellite and he hasn't had to introduce himself tonight. I get to do the honours. Fetters, can you give us news and shit? Yeah, news and shit. Alright, welcome to news and shit. Phoning in remotely this week for the pod, and I thought I'd better start with Manchester City. Fantastic win for them on the weekend, 4-1 over Spurs, um, and some incredible stats they're starting to rack up now. It's their 16th win in a row. Um, however, unbelievably, that's still three wins away from Pep Guardiola's record uh, with a domestic side, and that was with Bayern Munich in the 2013-14 season. But all the evidence is uh, with games against clubs like Newcastle and Bournemouth coming up that they'll give that a real shake. Uh, it's an incredible record. Their goal difference is plus 44, which is the total of their nearest two rivals, Chelsea and Manchester United, and they're on track for all sorts of goal scoring and points tally records for the season. So it's going to be um, an incredible second half of the season to see if they can give that a real shake. Uh, they're the last, uh, sorry, I should say, the last time a team beat Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Chelsea and Spurs in a top flight season before the new year, which Man City have just done, was 1953-54. Uh, another incredible stat. And they've just got big players performing at the moment. Kevin De Bruyne has been in sensational form. And Sergio Aguero has now scored 35 goals in 52 games against big six opposition. And that's the kind of form you need from your big players if you're going to be giving the title a shake. Some other good news for Man City this week. Uh, a young 17-year-old player at the club by the name of Phil Foden has just won the BBC Young Sports Personality uh, of the Year Award, which puts him in um, some company uh, Players such as Rooney have won that award before and also Andy Murray in the tennis. Um, but he's had a fantastic year. He made his senior debut for the club. He also became the youngest English player to start a Champions League match. He was named the best player uh, in the under-17s World Cup earlier in the Northern Summer, which of course England won. Um, so congratulations to Phil. Everything's uh, looking great for Man City at the moment. Uh, not so much for Spurs, their opponents on the weekend, who have now lost uh, 16 out of 17 against top six opposition, and it's a bit hard to see them challenging for the title, at least consistently anyway, if they can't muster some more points away against those sides. On a Christmas night, a uh, little bit of Christmas cheer. Arsenal players are donating a day's wages to their foundation this month and also going out to help uh, collect money themselves, which is a fantastic initiative. In less exciting Christmas news, the Newcastle United players have decided to cancel their Christmas party to concentrate on improving their form. So uh, let's wait and see whether that works out for them, but good luck to them. Uh, take take some um, 
uh, I guess, commitment to do that. And they've worked hard all year. Obviously, things haven't worked out for them in the Premier League season, but they won the Champions League title. So hopefully that pays off for them. Uh, a few stats I saw this week about Lionel Messi, who just last weekend uh, has equaled Gerd Müller, the famous German forward who played f- uh, predominantly for Bayern Munich in the mid-60s to late-70s. He's equaled his record with, um, of 525 goals with a single club in the top five European uh, leagues. So he didn't manage to score on the weekend. Barca won again. I think they're now six points clear in the Liga, but um, that record beckons for Messi, uh, if he can get that in before the end of the year. Uh, and it was Gerd Muller's record a few years ago in 2012 that Messi beat for the most goals in a year with 86. So just to give you an idea, um, Messi's scored his 525 goals for Barca in 605 games and Muller scored them in 572 games. So although Messi's not an out-and-out striker, it's, um, it's an incredible record and for along with Ronaldo, the best player of the current generation, just gives you an idea of how good Gerd Muller must have been. Now, Harry, uh, there is some good news for Spurs, and I have to give you a little stats update on Harry Kane. Uh, it would be remiss of me not to. He's now scored 33 goals in 33 games uh, in this calendar year. Uh, in the Premier League, and that is only three goals away from equaling Alan Shearer's record, which was set in 1995. Um, he's having a fantastic year. He's scored 50 goals in 48 games uh, for club and country. And that record, if he manages to equal it or break it, would put him in some terrific company. Robin Van Persie and Henri are just ahead of him, and other players to have scored over 30 include Les Ferdinand and Ruben Nistori. So... Some terrific EPL pedigree there. Kane's 33 goals uh, are equal to or greater than the entire club totals for Swansea, Burnley, Palace and West Brom. And in the big five leagues in Europe uh, this year, only Messi and Cavani are ahead of him. So although Spurs are faltering at present, it's been a fantastic year for Harry Kane. And last but not least, uh, there was news this week that Big Phil, uh, Luis Felipe Scolari, the Brazilian who previously coached in the Premier League with Chelsea and also for Brazil and Portugal, um, has been sounded out for a number of international coaching roles. And one of them is the Socceroos uh, role. So he's 69, so he's getting on a bit, Big Phil. But um, look, someone of that sort of pedigree would be um, quite a coup, I would imagine, for the Socceroos. But it remains to be seen whether he'll choose to accept the role or not. He's recently been coaching in China with Guangzhou Evergrande, who have won the league title um, in all three seasons that he's been there. So uh, even though the Chinese league isn't the EPL, you could still say that he's got it. So we'll wait and see who decides to take up that coaching role with the Socceroos. And that was news and shit. Fellas, you spoke there about... Manchester City and their record this season under Pep Guardiola. Uh, unbeaten in, what, 15 games. The question is, are they invincible? Are they unbeatable? Now, 
the interesting thing is uh, Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich had a similar run where they weren't undefeated like they are at the moment, but they just absolutely dominated the Bundesliga. So much so that they won the title earlier than any other team had before. And it broke all these records. But after they won the title, they, according to Guardiola's biography, they celebrated, uh, had a party, and then suddenly Guardiola said he would focus only on the Champions League. And then suddenly uh, they started dipping in form and really started to struggle. And it was quite interesting because as a result, uh, going into the Champions League fixtures, they, they didn't have the same form that they had. Combined with injuries, they just didn't look like the same team and, and ended up getting knocked out in the semifinals. And upon reflection, people blamed the fact that uh, they, they dropped their level. So for me, it'll be interesting to see whether he will learn from that situation in Munich and continue to focus on the EPL, even if they do win the title early. And at, this, at the moment, they do look like they can't be beaten. Uh, I think the closest they've come is probably United without Pogba, uh, 2-1, but I, I just don't think they will will go down to any teams in the near future unless they have injuries because they have a ridiculous amount of depth uh, and speed up front. Sane, Jesus, Sane in particular, and now Sterling's banging in goals. It's just a front three with often Aguero on the bench and still banging in two to three, four goals a game. De Bruyne, Silva can all score goals. Even Fernandinho, who I think is a linchpin of the team, almost even more so than De Bruyne, he's just underrated. I think he's just as important, but, but less celebrated. And I mean, uh, he did very well for Shakhtar, uh, won a UEFA Cup there. Uh, when he came to City, he, I guess he was a bit of an unknown coming from the Ukraine. Probably didn't do as well uh, as you'd expect for, for his signing, but uh, Guardiola's made him into one of the best uh, midfielders in, in the competition, if not the world. And I think everyone talks about Kante and his defensive capabilities and his ability to, to intercept and to tackle and to, to win possession. But Fernandinho's ability to uh, restart play, to start play, to start attacking plays is second to none, in my opinion, in the Premier League. And uh, to have a a holding mid or a Pavorta with that passing range. Um, I, I think he's as important as a Busquets at Barcelona for Guardiola and even as important as a Philip Lahm for Bayern Munich under Guardiola. And should 
an injury, come across a Fernandinho, a De Bruyne, a Silva, that's where they could have issues. Because they didn't look quite as strong when Fabian Delph came into that uh, holding midfield role. Um, however, this year, I don't think they will be beaten. And the question will be is, if they go unbeaten for a number of weeks into the new year, and they've already won the title, will they be able to hold it together in order to have an invincible run? Because when Arsenal did it, they had uh, they they still had challenges. So I think it'll also come to whether your Uniteds, your Chelseas, or even your your Liverpools can keep within striking distance. Uh, so if you know, City did drop a few points through a few draws, would they be able to, uh, the other teams, particularly United, be able to keep close enough to City to put the pressure on? Because if the pressure drops, then like what happened with Guardiola and Munich, if they've already won the title, I think it would be very hard to, to continue that. So gun to my head, I think they can go undefeated, but I don't think they will. The Socceroos job. Who, who's going to take over Ange Postacoglu, who's now moved to J-League uh, club Yokohama, is it? Um, anyway, he's in no longer coaching Australia. Obviously, what the person in the media has spoken about most is Graham Hartle. He's coached the Socceroos in the 2007 uh, Asian Cup. He was Hiddings' assistant coach in the 2006 World Cup. He's made four grand finals, two wins, one for Sydney, one for Central Coast. So he's been around the traps. He's shown... Uh, local success and that was what helped Postacoglu get the job but I guess the the issue is long term if they're going to stick with a long term replacement I think Arnold probably is well deserving and he's probably earned uh, his stripes Uh, I think the issue with fans is that sometimes football isn't as exciting but I think now in what he's third season at Sydney there is he's his teams are playing good football uh, slightly different to Postacoglu's but they are still number one successful number two uh, attacking and number three uh, entertaining first here at Sydney FC wasn't so much but it does take time uh, working with the quality of player of the Socceroos can he get a team together performing that early probably not so much not as successful in doing that as some other coaches he oh, sorry he probably doesn't have a proven track record as some of the other coaches that have been spoken about one of them being um Marcelo Bielsa 
who, I mean, at Chile, had great success recently, hasn't had as good res results uh, in, in France, but with the style of football he likes to play, uh, I think it, it would suit Australian and Australian players. And I think a short-term view, such as the World Cup, would work for him. And Australian coaches working under um, Bielsa would help uh, the Australian game as well. A lot of knowledge would be learnt from Bielsa, who is, is known as uh, an innovator. And I think... For Australia to go forward in terms of their football, someone like Bielsa could help Australia go to the next level. More so than maybe a Graham Arnold. So I guess it, then it just comes to what does Australia want or, or the people picking the coach. There's also mentioned the veteran uh, Luis Philippe Scolari who has had lots of um, experience. However, it's with the best players. He hasn't come through with an underdog team and done really well. Not like your hitting um, has done in the past. So I don't know if the Australian setup would, would suit him. The outsiders of Van Marwijk and Klinsman, again, success with the clubs, they've, the clubs and countries they've had, I don't think uh, suits Australia. The outsider uh, is a German, Ralph Ragnick, who was named Germany's manager of the year this week, and he's had Bundesliga success with Hoffenheim and Red Bull Leipzig and brought teams from the fourth tier in the, in the German league all the way up through promote promotions um, and plays an intelligent, high-tempo attacking football, which suits Australian players, which shoot, suits the Australian public and would be a real coup for Australia, but... I mean, it's possible given his role as a, a technical director or, or a director of football uh, at Red Bull Leipzig at the moment. However, he's already knocked back Everton and Belgium, who have seek, ha, have looked for his services. I mean, the only chance, I think, with him would be if it would be a short-term just for the World Cup. That's it. Someone new. Maybe then bring in an Arnold. For me, I think that's probably the best bet. At the moment, Arnold's under contract. He's got uh, a Sydney FC team playing well for the A-League. It's probably better that Arnold stays there. They bring in someone like a Bielsa, if they could, like a Ralph Rangnick to come in just for the World Cup. Uh bring a new style of football, bring a new uh, culture to Australian players, to Australian coaches, to Australian fans that we can then take into the next four to eight year cycle under an Australian coach like Graham Arnold.
uh, for long term. To me personally, I don't think Tony Popovich probably has earned his stripes as much as Sam Arnold. But given that he is now free, uh, having been sacked from the Turkish club recently, he could be again a short-term replacement given that what he did with Western Sydney Wanderers in the first year on no time, um, with very little money, very little players, to get them where they they got in that short time and the respect of all the players who have come through Western Sydney Wanderers and had, had him as a coach respect uh, his quality as a man manager. So if I was to pick, my first choice would be Bielsa, uh, the madman, but I think he would be the best for what Australia could get out of his services. And the fact that everyone's saying uh, he's probably too mad, well, uh, the FFA don't seem like some uh, a football federation that are going to want too much. I think in the past, I think that's why Postacoglu took the role was because he was given so much freedom uh, to do what he wanted and how he wanted. I guess money would be an issue, but given the the quality of of Australian footballers in terms of um, their mentality, I think I think it would really suit. Whether the the language barrier would be an issue, who knows? But uh, yeah, I'd love to see Bielsa, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll know soon. And that's about it from the Balls Up podcast. Uh, still missing phrase. He gets back early January. Carl Sch- might be available over the Christmas break soon to be confirmed. If not, it'll just be me, and hopefully we can try and get some uh, some fresh meat on the podcast to, to chat about all things English Premier League. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us, Balls Up Podcast, on iTunes.